ready for the word tonight? All right, get out your notepads because we are in part two of a series that we are calling, help me, crazy. Now you got to say it like you mean it. Say crazy faith. Oh, I'm going to like this service tonight. We have been talking about what it looks like to not just live at a place of mediocre Christianity, but what it looks like to actually live out the life that God called us to live of faith. At our church, when we started, we wrote down these 12 things that we called our culture, culture code. And one of those things was faith. We would be a church that has faith. And this was the statement we wrote down. We said, we have faith in God, faith in people, and faith for miracles. Somebody say that. We have faith in God, faith in people, and faith for miracles. Just one more time. We have faith in God, faith in people, and faith for miracles. What I'm believing is through this series, that 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 would grow in every single person in this room. That your faith in God would become so planted that when waves of life and issues come, you don't move. That your faith in people would be so optimistic and hopeful that even though they crossed you two times before, that maybe this is the time that God did a work in them and on them. And some of y'all are like, "Uh uh-uh, not me, Pastor Mike, because if you cross me once, (laughs) shame on me. (laughs) Cross me twice, (laughs) shame on you. (laughs) Like, like, Like we think that we're about to do this and it's not. No, 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 no. God says, how many times are you supposed to forgive? 70 times 7 a day. Some of y'all thought it was 70 times 7 for a lifetime. And according to my calculations, I only have 16 people left to forgive. Like, it's 70 times 7. Everybody say a day. Yeah. And so you got to extend that same thing and have faith in people. And then this last thing, we're going to have faith for miracles. I don't believe God's greatest miracles were done in the Bible days. I believe that what my Bible says is that greater works. Like like, like he healed the blind. He cast out demons. He he pulled taxes out of a fish's mouth. He did all of these different things. And then he looks at us and says, guess what you're going to do? Greater works. See, but I can tell in the room you don't believe it. Because we have really not sold out to this idea of having crazy faith. But I wanted last week to be like the climax of the series. Like, we got the case, case, case. And we shouted and we jumped and we had news reporters and all that other stuff. Now I'm going to walk you back as a pastor and a teacher today. And, and, And let you understand that you don't just get to a point of crazy faith. Crazy faith is not not where you start at. You start at the title of my message today. Write it down. Baby faith. See, crazy faith is a result of you exercising baby faith. And most people don't want to do anything on a small scale. Like, but there is power in small faith. I'll prove it to you. There was a story in Matthew chapter 17 where the disciples were sent out with authority to be able to heal sick and cast out demons. So they thought they was doing it and and, and they going around touching people. People are getting healed. And then this father brings his son and his son literally says, my son is demon possessed. Can you pray for him? The disciples like we've done this before. Let's get this baby healed. And they walk up and they lay hands on him and nothing happens. 
And the father, like many of us, when you're working with somebody and they don't know what they're doing, he said, can I please see your manager? Y'all know when the, the person that you're working with can't help you, you ask for the manager or the boss. And, and they bring him to Jesus. And Jesus touches the young man and he's healed instantly. And, and they walk away to the back and, and, and the disciples are like, Jesus, <laughs> uh, why didn't it work when, when we tried to touch him? And look at his response. He said, you have such little faith. Now, these are people who have walked with Jesus, who have seen him do miracles, who like not an invisible Jesus, like the actual like Jesus. Boy, your skin's so soft today. Like Jesus right there with them. And he said, y'all have such little faith. He said, I'll tell you the truth. If you would have had the faith like a like something small. Now, I want you to see I have a mustard seed here. This is all the faith you need to get everything that God's purposed in your life to get done. This is it. Well, how do you know that, Pastor Mike? Because Jesus goes on with his analogy. He said, if you would have had the faith of a mustard seed, you could have could have you could have told. And he looked for the largest thing in the vicinity. And he saw a mountain. He said, you could speak to that mountain and tell it to be thrown into the sea. And it would have to obey you if you had baby faith. And I'm trying to tell somebody in this room tonight that what you need is not as much as you think you do to see the miracle that you want to see. Because I know all of us want that Moses part in the Red Sea faith. We want, we want that faith. We think it only is valid and it's only God when it's an impossible situation and the army's behind us and there's a sea in front of us and we hold up the staff and then the seas part and we see Nemo and Shamu floating past us and that was God. And God was like, yeah, that's crazy faith. But all crazy faith starts with baby faith. Yeah, yeah. And many of us have stopped believing God. This thing is so small that most of y'all think I'm just holding my, my fingers together. And it's so small that I can throw it at you. I just threw tons of faith out there. And it was so small that people looking at me couldn't even recognize it. But God says it doesn't matter if nobody else can recognize it. I can see baby faith. I can see what nobody else can see. I can see when you wrote down the vision and made it play. I can see when you went to the bank account and opened it up with 50 cents in it and said one day this will be an account that will be made just for blessing people. I can. Oh, Y'all don't want to talk to me today. I can see baby faith. And he said, I don't need crazy faith first because faith is a muscle. And most of us have not worked the muscle of faith. It would be the equivalent of me being like, I'm about to hit the gym today for the first time in six months. I'm about to kill this mug. Put 300 on the rack. Three, you heard me, fool. 300. I don't know why you got to get like gangster and thug when you're about to, when you're about to lift weights. And it, it wouldn't matter 
how much I try. These muscles right here, you see how I'm flexing? <laughs> Got my hands. <laughs> These muscles right here would never be able to lift that type of weight because I have not been conditioned for it. It's not that I could never lift it. It's just that I would have to spend time working that muscle to be able to lift that type of weight. There are many believers, even after last week's message, that have gone out and they'd be like, I'm about to have crazy faith. But you're about to lift something you've not been conditioned for. You're about to try to get something in your life that you've never believed ever before. God's saying, you want me to do this, but you won't even believe when you have a cold. That I could heal you. I don't, there's nothing wrong with medicine. But you go to the Sudafed. And the Tylenol PM. And everything else. And won't even pray about it. When you know. The cross around your neck. Represents crucifixion. It's not just a chain. It's, it's when Jesus went to the cross. And died for all of our infirmities. And our sins. And he said. By his stripes, we were, no, no, not are, were healed. That means you have healing available. He took 39 stripes for your healing, but you will not even believe him or have the faith that it works. So you will go to your medicine cabinet and not even pray about the common cold. But I believe God. Do you? Really? And I'm not coming after you. I'm trying to challenge you that we could see mountains move with this much faith. So maybe the goal for us as a church is not to start off with crazy faith. Maybe the goal is we need to ask God for the ability to consistently live in what? Baby faith. Because if we could ever live in baby faith, we would be able to see God move mountains that nobody has been able to move in our family. Addictions that have been a part of our line for years would be eradicated. Hate that has filled our, our mouth for years and gossip and all. It could be eradicated if we had the faith the size of a mustard seed. Now, you know that didn't hit you. He ducked like he like. <laughs> the crazy thing about it is. The crazy thing about what I'm saying to you today is most of the faith we have in God is in our head. And we think God could maybe do something. But in this series, what I want the faith that you have is to move from your head to your heart and move from your heart to your hands. I don't want you to live a life not seeing what God has promised believers. And so I need you to know that we're going to start this thing at everybody say baby faith. faith. Now, let me remind you what crazy faith is. Crazy faith are thoughts and actions that lack reason, but trusting fully in what you cannot explicitly prove. And that's why I told you last week, faith is not a foundation. Faith is the foundation. If you don't have faith, you can't do nothing. If you don't have faith, you can't be saved, according to John 3.16. If you don't have faith, you can't pray. All you do is wish. But when, 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 you, when you have faith, you stand believing that the Father in heaven is hearing you. And he's answering and working on the affairs of his children. But you have to have faith. And so when I look at this, I said, okay, God, you got to show me how to teach your people how to walk in baby faith. And he said, I had to teach my disciples too. Look at 
the next chapter of Matthew, Matthew chapter 18. And we're going to start in verse one. God just had that whole situation where he proved to the disciples that he was who he said he was. And he's like, you got to have faith the size of a mustard seed. Then the disciples start talking crazy amongst themselves. It says about that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked a dumb question. Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Like, why do you even need to know that? But many times when we're insecure in our spot in God, we're always trying to compare ourselves with other people. We don't have faith that God has a plan for our life. We're always trying to get God to show us that we're better than somebody else. And this goes all the way back to the people who walk with Jesus. So don't think that it's strange when it's happening in your life. Okay. He said, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus said, um, how am I going to show them this? Come here, little Ricky. Come here. And he called the baby, a child, the scripture says. And he said, come sit right here with me. He said, um, I tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins, one instruction, repent, and become like little children. Unless you get more like babies, like, like, unless you come up off of your high horse and humble yourself. He said, you will never not just be the greatest in it. You won't even get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child, as this baby is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. But if you cause one of these little ones, you're about to get the key. This is what makes this is what Jesus is qualifying this child as a child, a babe. He said it's a child because if you do this to one of those who trust in me, like the thing about children is they trust adults. Like what makes a child a child is they don't worry about certain stuff that adults worry about. They just trust like my daughter. She comes up to me every Sunday because she knows it's a time where daddy's just glad that service went good or something. And every Sunday after church, she says, Daddy, this Bella, you did so good. <laughs> said, thank you, Bella. I said, what's up? Can I get a slushy after we leave here? <laughs> and I said, yeah, baby, we can get a slushy after we leave church. At that moment, I tell her she can get a slushie. She does not think about it again unless she has to remind me that I said. What makes her a child? She didn't ask. Have you paid all the bills, Dad? She didn't ask. Did, did, did the finances line up with the budget this week? She didn't ask, do we have gas in the car? She didn't ask, did you and mommy discuss this first? When she heard her father say it, she completely trusted it. And God is saying that too many of his children have become so mature that they have stopped trusting his word. And he said, and if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom, you're going to have to have faith like a little child. That trust when God says you're going to be healed. It's not like, well, what what happened if it I'm going to trust 
what my father said. I'm going to trust my family is going to be reconciled. I'm going to trust that my child who keeps costing me all this money and disappointing me because they're doing everything against what we taught them. I'm going to trust that somehow, God, you're going to carry their heart back to you. I'm going to trust you. The problem is most of us don't have faith like that. We 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 hope God will do it, but we don't believe he will. And I'm praying that through this series that you will begin to believe like these disciples didn't believe at this time. That if the way that you're going to walk in crazy faith is having baby faith, the ability to just trust God at his word. The ability to say, God, if you said it, if you told me you were going to protect me, if you told me you were going to turn all these situations around, if you told me you would equip me for everything you called me to, if you told me that before I was formed in my mother's womb, you knew me and you had a plan for me, a plan to prosper me and not to harm me, a plan to give me a hope and a future, I'm going to take you at your word. I trust you, God, and I put my faith on it. But I can tell by how you've planned your whole life without him that you don't really trust him because because all of us have areas in our life that we're mad at God because he didn't line up with our timetable. Come on, because if God was really listening, I'd be married by now. <laughs> she said, because <laughs> if God was really about his business, my, my children's college would be paid for. I'd have a little money in the 401k. And God says, if you plan me out of your life, you cannot be dependent on me. And the only way you can have faith is to bring it down to a place of dependency. Trust. My babies don't get up and ask where their next meal is coming from. They trust the provider in the house that when they wake up every morning, everything they need will be there. My daughter has never asked, Daddy, are the lights coming on tomorrow? Because she's not even worried about those things because she is trusting. She has faith in her father. And my question to you is, do you have faith? In your father. And I need to be very sensitive in this moment as we talk about this. Because in in psychological terms, they tell us that a lot of us have association um, um, habits and tendencies. Where if we were hurt or damaged by um, somebody that was supposed to be a father figure or a parental figure in our life. Then we usually associate that when we start to talk about God. And it's very hard to have faith in something that you can't believe in. And, and, and so, so like if you had a deadbeat father or an absentee mother and they said, I'm going to come pick you up this Saturday and they don't show up. And then you're like, well, maybe they were busy. And then you wait next Saturday and then you're like, well, maybe they were really busy. And then and then you come the next week and they don't show up and then you start feeling like maybe they don't want to come. And they don't show up the next time and you're like, they're never coming. And then they show up at your 18th uh, birthday or your graduation from high school and be like, that's my baby. Look at it. You look just like your daddy. And you're like, shut up. Like, because you're like, you haven't been here any of the time. And what happens is you don't, they say, well, I want to take you out for lunch today. And you don't put any faith in it because they disappointed you time and time again. And then you find Christ somewhere along the way and they tell you he's a heavenly father and that you can trust him and he's a good 
good father. But what happens is you, you, you can't get past the faith that you've seen in real life. And so you associate what people have done with you and you put it on God. And so when it comes to being dependent or trusting or having faith, it's very hard to do because you've never seen it in real life. And all I'm asking you on behalf of God is could you take him off of the standard of humans? Could could you please release what they did to you and give God an opportunity to be Abba? The father who will never disappoint you. The father who will be there in the midst of a trial. Because that's the only way you can truly trust. You can't have faith in something that you don't believe in. And I ain't even talking about crazy faith. I'm talking about baby faith. And today I believe God's changing some of the ideas that we've had. And you're going to be able to walk in this. So how do I do that, Pastor Mike? Well, let me just give you a couple of points to, so you can walk away with something today as we start this series. Number one, faith in God comes first. Like, like, like a lot of us have faith in a lot of things. But I need to tell you, if you're going to really walk in baby faith that turns into crazy faith, you need to realize that faith in God comes first. You have to believe that it's God's will for you to be healed, delivered, to prosper, to live a life that is abundant. Because if you don't believe it, you won't expect it. And if you don't expect it, you won't hope for it. And if you don't hope for it, you have now taken the fuel of faith. Because remember what faith is, according to Hebrews 11.1. Faith is the confidence in things that we hope for. And so what happens is most of us have stopped hoping. Therefore, we stop expecting. Therefore, when we stop expecting, we stop believing. And then we don't believe. So we don't have faith. And what ends up happening is God's got a bunch of hollow Christians who come to church and don't have the one thing that pleases him. Y'all know what the Bible says? It says it's impossible to please God without faith. Not because he's trying to give you an identity complex, because when you accept Jesus into your life and you give him um, um, your whole life, he says your your identity is secure. You're a son. You're a daughter. He said, but it doesn't please me because what pleases me is my will being done on the earth through your life. And when you don't have faith, I can't do what I plan for you in the earth. And so a lot of people are going to heaven, but living in hell. A lot of people. Your eternity is secure because you had faith enough to believe for salvation, but you do not have faith enough to walk in purpose because you don't trust that God will hold you up. I'm teaching a whole bunch right now, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm trying to hope it gets into your soul right now. That that is the reason we have to start at baby faith. That you have to start believing that God has good things for me. That when I read the word, that applies to my life. Even if it didn't apply to anybody else, and I don't see the results of it, there's something different about me. And when you start to believe that, you put faith in God first. Let me tell you another story that happened in Matthew chapter 11, verse 22. Jesus is walking with the disciples and Jesus is hungry. And I like that. Just it makes me feel good that all my problems in this midsection, maybe Jesus had a belly. And uh, because I'd be hungry Um, anyway. But Jesus was hungry one day and it was walking past the fig trees like, oh, man, I'm about to give me some fig news right here. And uh, he went and he was like, hold on. The thing that's supposed to be producing fruit is no longer producing fruit. This isn't how I created it. 
You'll never produce fruit again, shrivel up and die. And didn't break stride and just kept walking like a gangster into the city. The disciples like, wow, that's interesting, John. Did you see that? <laughs> Peter, wow. Whew. But they didn't see it shrivel up and die at that moment. But they heard because God is Jesus and Jesus is faith. He spoke to something. Do y'all know how the world was created? It said by faith, the worlds were formed. Like it was by faith. He spoke it into existence. So now Jesus is here and he tells something, shrivel up and die. And the disciples are like, okay, Jesus telling stuff to shrivel up and die. They come back the next day and Jesus walked past that same fig tree. He's like, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then Peter sees it and it's like, yo, Jesus. Bro. Now, I don't know if you know you did this, Jesus. But yesterday when we walked by, you was in a little tizzy. I think you were, you, you, you're not yourself when you don't eat. I think Snickers made a, a, a commercial. You were hangry and you spoke to it. It's dead. And I believe Jesus gave him the look that he gives us many times when we're surprised when he does what he says. In my mind, like sometimes, like God, you did it, and he's like, <laughs> and look what he said to him in verse 22. He said, "Have faith in God." Amen. Like, like, like that's why I said faith in God comes first. He was like, "Y'all ain't got no faith in me. Y'all walk with me. You've seen me meet your needs." You've seen my grace pour over your life. You've seen me save us time and time again. Like many people in this room. You've seen me let you into doors you weren't supposed to get in. You've seen me keep your mind when your family was crazy. You saw me make a way out of no way. Have faith in God. And I feel like he got a little perturbed because like, like he said, I tell you the truth. And back in Bible days, like that's like, I can't believe y'all. I tell you the truth. I can't believe y'all. 